0: Okay, so if you haven't heard the news yet, I've got a new book out called The Greatness Mindset. Unlock the power of your mind and live your best life today. It's coming out soon, and I'm pumped to invite you to be a part of the launch team for this book. This is a rare opportunity to get your questions answered and network with other champions of greatness in this exclusive community of conscious achievers. If you're ready to receive early access to the first few chapters of the book, behind-the-scenes updates from me, plus VIP access to bonuses, and giveaways, then this is for you. For instructions about how to join this greatness launch team, make sure to go to lewishouse.com slash launch team right now. Again, make sure to check it out at lewishouse.com slash launch team right now. I kept learning about this
1: pattern. And until I really healed that, I was I wasn't able to just be ready for love. Wow. So you kind of have to not find the right person. You have to be the right person.
0: You know, relationships then sound like a massive part of longevity. Absolutely. And, int- and you're the person you in choose community. to be with yeah. intimately yeah. sounds like it could play a big part in you living longer or also dying quickly if that yeah. person's not there, if you don't have the tools to recalibrate once that person is gone yeah. or if something happens to them, right?
1: Yeah, but what happens is we're, we're also part of a society where when your like, nuclear family, meaning your primary partner, goes, you're not embedded in a network of people. Right, so in, in Sardinia, and in Nicaria, yes, people died, and spouses died, so Carmen's wife died, but he was living with his
0: family, and his kids, and his brother, and his, like. he had a whole... Ecosystem, comu- a community of people, a yeah. tribe, where it's like, okay, one person's gone, and it's really sad, and you're grieving, but you've got grandkids, you've got kids, you've got parents, right, you've got exactly. aunt, uncles and aunts, involving you in the community still, right? Creating a process of integration exactly. in life, exactly. meaning, purpose, community. Exactly. Exactly. So in the Americas, what I'm hearing you say is we isolate ourselves more. Totally, right? It's yeah. like find your house in the suburbs, and your parents go here, and your kids go away. And they don't even know their
1: neighbors. You know, they looked out that they've right. lived this to
0: somebody for twenty years, and even know who they are. You know. Sure. What do you think we could do differently? And is it, do you think American society will ever change with this? You know, parents leaving and because I hear about some of the. I think it's a. In India, it's like they fight over who's going to have their parents sometimes is what I hear. It's like, right. which siblings are going to get to have the parents, parents stay with, with them? Yeah, right, yeah. it's like right. this argument. is the same thing. Really? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a hard society we live in and it's such an individualistic society. It's not a communal society. And I think it's, it's cost us a lot. And I feel like there are little pockets of people who are building community, whether it's online communities, whether it's in-person communities, whether it's, you know, communities that are, you know, in cities and there, there's a, so there there is a sense of people starting to build community and I am involved in a lot of these And I'm starting to see it pop around, but I think it's it's definitely not mainstream yet.
0: Wow. I Talked to one um, doctor on here And he said he got sick two different times in his life He's an older guy in his 70s and 80s um, And I and then he recovered from it. I said what happened? How did you recover? He said I found love. Yeah, He's like I found love, and it gave me that sense of meaning, that belonging, that purpose again. It got me back in shape. It got me making better decisions. Yeah. You know, it got me living life to the fullest. Totally. Um, why is love such a strong healer?
1: Love is medicine. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I think you know, it's the same reason that community is, the same reason that belonging is. It's because, you know, when when we have a deep connection, relationship with someone, it literally changes our gene expression. Mm. So if if you're in a loving connection with really? someone, yes. It's this whole scientific field of sociogenomics, right? How our social relationships affect our genes. And we know if you're in a conflictual relationship, you will turn on genes of inflammation which cause disease and aging. If you are in a loving, connected, heart-centered relationship, you are activating all the repair genes. You literally, through cuddling, can change your epigenome. Right, it's amazing. So stay in bed for an extra five minutes, and I love Cadillac. I got home, (laughs) uh, I got
0: home last night, and I just like laid there with Martha, just like hugging her for like thirty minutes. I was like, uh, just want to relax, and it feels healing because your body relaxes. Yeah, right. It feels like whatever's going on, you can calm it down and just be peaceful. Totally, it's a beautiful thing. So you've been you've been married a few times, right? Married and divorced a few yeah, times. Yeah, I'm an expert in
1: relationships. Expert in relationships. And three
0: times. <laughs> what would you say is the biggest lessons from marriage uh, and divorce that have taught you about health and longevity?
1: That's a great question. I think you know everybody's different, and for me, um, the key to really finding happiness and the key to finding love that is a really good, healthy, solid love, which I have now, was really dealing with my original traumas and wounds. Really. Yeah, and I think, you know, you wrote a book about mm-hmm. toxic masculinity yeah. and I think, you know, we all whether we're men or women throughout our childhood have big or small traumas. You know, Mati talks about microtrauma, trauma. You know, trauma could just not being seen by your mm-hmm. parents and mm-hmm. not being loved well enough or neglected or not actual abuse, whereas, you know, there's sure. actual real emotional or right. physical abuse or sexual abuse. So, all that registers in our nervous system. And for me, I had corrupted love software. And I had to heal that. A corrupted
0: love software. software. Yeah, definitely. Well, what, did that, what did that mean for you? Well,
1: you know, I'll tell you the brief story. Is that, You know, my mother uh, was a child of deaf parents. Mm, deaf? Deaf. They couldn't hear. Wow. So she was their ears and their eyes. Wow, that's a lot of responsibility. So she became a parent to them. Yeah. She became somebody who thought that love was taking care of people who needed help or were broken.
0: Wow, that's interesting.
1: Right? So she picked my dad and my stepfather who were very broken. And they were in very, you know, damaged emotionally and that was because
0: you know, that's my, what she knew. That was her familiarity. Her familiarity. Right?
1: And my, you know, my dad was broken because his mother you know, was a child of 13 and accidentally killed her sister when she was two, pushing her off to swing. And it was the pariah of the family, had to sit at a different table, was completely neurotic and anxious. And that epigenome goes through, it's translated through generations. And so, you know, it all makes sense. And so then I, I, my mom was super depressed and unhappy and she used me to be her therapist.
0: Oh man. As a little kid which is that so you news. repeated the pattern like so and I thought oh
1: love is taking care of someone who's needy and broken. Right. So who needs me. Oh yeah, so I would I would had the savior complex and I would try to fill this hole that I had this emptiness that I had because I thought that you know if I did that I could I could kind of fill this emptiness that I have interesting, picking these people in a way that filled me up because I was you know serving them or taking care of them more. And I and, oh, and it wasn't always exactly like that but it was I kept learning about this pattern and until I really healed that, I, was, I wasn't I was able to f-
0: just be ready for love. Wow. So you kind of have to not find the right person. You have to be the right person. That's so true. Yeah. What allowed you to heal it? And what what allowed you to recognize it and then start the healing journey? Yeah,
1: well, that, which that's... Which it's not, a journey. You yeah, know?
0: no, I've been doing it. I've been, I, I, I intellectually understood it, but,
1: uh, you know... It's a that, physical Yeah, but feeling, I really yeah. went through a process of using psychedelics to heal mm-hmm. a lot of the trauma, uh, which, you know, is now emerging as, as a really valid way to start to re pattern your neurology that literally changes the structure and function of your neurons in wow. your brain, these compounds. And I began to sort of do some inquiry. I decided to take like a break from relationships and really do a deep in-dive, looking at my own mind, my own thoughts, my own beliefs. Uh, every day writing them down, kind of rewriting it, the story from my higher self. Wow. And then I and then I kind of unpacked my whole life with a friend of mine who's a coach, a uh, really amazing woman Lauren Zander. And I was able to kind of see my whole childhood very differently, and you know talk about incest that happened to me and things that I just had buried for 50 wow. years. And then I I saw this movie Coda, which was a Best Picture uh, Academy Award-winning uh-huh. film uh, last year about children of deaf adults. C O D A means children yeah. of deaf adults, and it was my mother's story, not actually her story, but it was the same. She
0: was a child of hear of wow. uh, deaf parents and could Because the child in the, I still haven't seen it yet, but the child has got a deaf family, right? Yeah, the, she's hearing, and it's about her struggle to become,
1: wow. in you know, an, like uh, disentangled from the dependency her parents had on her, right?
0: Holy cow, so, what, so what, that, what opened up for you so when that, you saw that? That was like,
1: that just like hit me like a, like a lightning bolt, and I just was sobbing and sobbing. I, it took me hours and hours to watch the movie because I had to stop, because I was just being like on the floor just in this cathartic process and i it never really happened to me like that oh, before God. and and after that happened i kind of got what happened to my mother i got what happened to me i got you know what was going off in my own nervous system and then i just felt free and like i felt light and i healed a lot of that so wow. it took me a while i'm a slow learner i'm good with medicine but this oh,
0: okay we minute. all have our things it to took overcome. me a minute it took me a minute
1: and but I, now I just feel like I have such a different wiring and a different nervous system and it's, I feel way calmer and way less
0: anxious in relationship. And how, I mean, where would you be had you not talked to that you know, therapist friend and kind of looked back at your entire history of your life and assessed it? If you didn't watch that movie, if you didn't do the psychedelics, kind of all of those medicines yeah. in one, where would you be had you skipped it after your last I relationship? Think I mean, felt, you know, I always made my joke. I said I had
1: a broken picker. You uh-huh. know, I still have a broken picker. I still would try to find someone yeah. who isn't really the person that's going to be able to meet me. That's an mm-hmm. equal that can, you know, have a healthy attachment style. that can, you know, be independent but come together and yes. you know, just like it. Really, it really was powerful. Uh, so wow. I,
0: yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, this all happened in the last couple of years. Yeah, so there's hope after 60. Even if you oh, keep yeah. choosing oh, poorly, yeah. yeah,
1: totally, totally. That's <laughs> incredible. Yeah, they just got me free. And I think, you know, a lot of these cultures don't have to deal with this stuff. I mean, of course, there's always family drama and this and that. But I think, uh, you know, they, there's just such a level of, of connection and community and mutual support and happiness and joy as part of living that we've sort of
0: lost. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that was a big learning for me. And how did you feel beforehand, like in the previous 40 years of different marriages and relationships? Did you, you said you feel free and lighter. Did you never feel free? No, I didn't. In marriage didn't, or in relationship? No, I didn't. I, I always what felt... Was, what was the feeling? I didn't know
1: until afterwards. You know, you don't know how to no, know. a horse like, is standing on your foot until it gets off. <laughs> it was kind of like that. like, wow, I was always so anxious and kind of trying to hold on to love and keep love and be afraid of losing love and want someone to love me. And it just was like such a weird dynamic that I was embedded in that I didn't even fully see
0: really yeah and this is fat. I'm so excited you're sharing this this yeah, is yeah. powerful yeah, yeah I think very- a lot of people need to see this and hear this from you Mark because they see you as this I don't know what are you 30 30 <laughs> time New York time best-selling quite, quite author you know this <laughs> this individual who's done so well and been so successful in many areas of life yeah and I'm not saying that you know the marriages and the relationships you were in were all like failures. I'm sure you had great love and connection and moments and things like that, but they weren't, you know, it sounds like the right fit and you didn't feel like you were free inside. Right. And maybe they didn't feel the same thing either. So I'm not saying they were bad and wrong or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But to hear you talk about this, this healing journey at this stage, as someone who studies healing and as someone who studies medicine and that studies all these things, even you had to learn how to heal relationships. Totally. You, you knew about the body stuff and for food sure. and medicine, For sure. but it was the healing, the relationship yeah. and the childhood wound that you yeah. carried with you all yeah. those years. And what's
1: interesting now, Lewis, is in our culture, we're starting to
0: have a language for this yeah. and the
1: acceptance of this and, you know, the sort of mm-hmm. not seeing mental illness as a stigma, but as a consequence of a lot of cultural and personal trauma, right? I mean, just living in our culture today is traumatic. You <laughs> just right. open the newspaper mm-hmm. or listen to the news or... The amount of conflict and strife, and you know, just economic inequities, and all the things that we're dealing with climate change. I mean, it's it's a very psychologically stressful moment of history. But you know, we we also can shift the relationship to that by understanding how our brains work and our nervous systems work, and start to actually not necessarily get caught up in all that wow. and kind of re, reset our systems. So one of the key things I talk about in the book is mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, is how our minds really play a role in our longevity. And if we don't get that straight, we're screwed. Like we, when people kill themselves by their thoughts,
0: right? Literally. And give me some examples. What do you mean, how do they kill themselves? I mean, well, I mean, if they have suicidal thoughts, I mean, they'll, they'll lead themselves no, to mean, killing themselves. I mean, it's all about belief,
1: right? Yeah. So when you look at voodoo, for example, I mean, you put a voodoo hex on somebody, boom, somebody can drop dead, you know? Like, uh, my, one of my mentors, uh, who very much inspired me before I went to medicine was Bernie Siegel, who love medicine and miracles, who's this kind of Yale oncologist, bald guy, so cute, wrote, writes with a purple, a purple a pen, letters they used to write me, and uh, that before email. And, <laughs> and he, you know, he talked about these studies where they would like tell this cancer patient that they found this great new cure and they gave them this pill that was a placebo and their tumors shrunk overnight. And then they, they told them, like, you know, a month later, two months later, oh, they found it didn't work so well, and the tumors came
0: flying back. So, like, that's the power of the pharmacy in our mind. This is fascinating. I'm, so, I'm still kind of amazed that this all happened in the last couple of years. Yeah. So, after the movie, you had this Carth- uh, catharsis experience, right? Yeah. And you felt lighter after that. Yeah. You felt I, like I you felt you released. Free. I felt free. Right after this
1: yeah, on felt, the floor I felt, sobbing moment. Yeah. It's hard to explain it, but I just felt like I was flying. Like I just felt like I'd been carrying this weight my whole life. It just was gone.
0: Do you feel like it was completely? do you feel like your body has your nervous system was fully healed after that? Or has there been moments of like triggers and kind of the PTSD feelings in your nervous system? Or like maybe- I think it's
1: echoes and shadows uh-huh. more that come back now. Okay. Like that can I can recognize and go, oh, all right, whatever. You know, it's like it doesn't it's not like it,
0: it grabs me like it used to. Wow. Yeah. This is fascinating. This all happened in the last yeah. couple of years.
1: Yeah, pretty cool. And as you know, and then I, I began to think about you know just aging and longevity in general, and how do we how do we build a life that creates healing in our body, whether it's healing our trauma. And I have a whole section in the book about healing trauma because that's mm-hmm. a key part. It's huge. And some of the things that are now available, like ketamine, and like ganglion blocks, and and increasingly uh, probably by twenty twenty four MDMA will be. Uh, a, available legally for psych, uh, psych, psychedelic assisted therapy uh, and maybe psilocybin I think was legalized in Colorado now and in Oregon. So it's, it's all coming. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, there's so many different modalities for people to choose from that we never had
0: before. Sure, how important is expressing your emotions, crying, laughing in living longer and healthier?
1: Well, I do a lot, a lot of laughing and I do some crying. And I think in my current relationship, I'm the crier. <laughs> like if we're watching a movie or sure. you, know, like, you know, like whatever. Uh, um, where we're listening to a speech at a wedding, I'm the one You're crying. crying. Yeah.
0: I, it's so funny because yesterday I was on a flight and I watched uh, Coco, the movie Coco. I'm <laughs> <laughs> literally, there's, a, there's an older guy next to me. And I'm literally, I kid you not, I cried four times watching Coco. The music and the storytelling. I'm like, this is a cartoon. And I'm crying. Right. But it was so beautiful. And I was, I was yeah. telling Martha about it. And she was yeah. like, yeah, it's such a beautiful, because it's all about family. Yeah. It's all about connection. Yeah. It's all about like totally. sharing your music with the world. And totally. this, you know, beautiful story. But yeah. so you feel like you're the crier in the relationship. <laughs> That's right. But how powerful is Crying as an emotion and laughing, and I think
1: it's being able to be free and expressed, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Like yes. being able to not have to you know, shut down and shut off, and to learn how to do it in a way that's not destructive, mm-hmm. right? To do it in a way that's loving and kind and thoughtful. There's there's always a way of getting expressed without hurting somebody else. Yes, so I think we tend in our culture to lash out and to mm-hmm. be reactive, and that's not good. That's not helpful. So it's like it's, it's sort of like it's like like Viktor Frankl's idea of slowing things down. Like, in between stimulus and response, there's a gap or a pause, right? And then that pause lies the choice. So you can choose to slow down the whole process. And I'm friends with Tom Brady, and he, he's like, you know, when I snap the ball, everything's in slow motion. Yeah. Like, everything just, just slows down. It's like, it's amazing. And you think it all happens like in seconds, but like, he's like all the time in the world, it's right? Because everything just goes in slow motion because he's so present. So we can do that in every moment. It just takes practice, it's a skill. If you want to lift 50 pounds, well, you have to work at it, right? If you want to train your mind to work differently, you have to work at it, you have to investigate your mind. Mm -hmm. That's what, you know, all these practices that are ancient, you know, we we in our culture are really good with the outer technology, but places like Tibet, they they were really experimenting with inner technology for thousands of years, and and learned all sorts of skills about mastering the mind. So mastering your body is key, but mastering your mind is also a key to longevity.
0: And it sounds like mastering your emotions and your heart is a key as well.
1: Yeah, but your mind is what regulates your emotions. Now, people are arguing about this, but what happens first is your thought and then the feeling, right? And then the emotion. Sure. Right, because you have, even if it's an instantaneous thing, there's some thought that precedes it, even if it's a subconscious thought that precedes the feeling or emotion. Mm. So
0: you never have the feeling first. Yeah. Unless you don't have the ability to think, but then you probably want to be here. So it's right. like well, some people don't have that, but yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's always a thought. Yeah. Uh, or it's a, so it can't be a feeling, huh? Because you have to think it first before you feel it? Yes, I think so. I think always, whether it's 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 like- it's Like it if you smell something that brings back a memory. memory right. Is that a thought or, or first? If you,
1: yeah, or if you, you, know, you see you're about to get in a car crash, you have the thought, I'm going to die, and then your body goes into reaction. Oh. And it can happen in a millisecond. But like, you can have a
0: millisecond thought, but it's always gonna precede whatever it is. Sure, yeah. sure. So I'm curious about the relationship stuff because I think because <laughs> I think you don't talk about this a lot.
1: I do a little bit, yeah,
0: but we can do it. <laughs> and I think I, I'm, a, I'm starting to believe more and more that the relationship you have with yourself is massive. The way you view yourself, your beliefs, you're talking about this now, how you think about yourself, how you feel about yourself. Is key towards living a healthy life now, but also extending your life. Totally. And the way you view and and think about relation, your intimate relationship. I used to feel like I was trapped all the time. You know, I was fearful, and and I felt like I was trapped, and there was no way out. I couldn't be myself. Yeah. And that would make me feel unhealthy inside. Yeah, it, inside. Made, it made me feel like I was a six out of a ten every day. Yeah. Because right. I felt like trapped. Right. No, I'm doing that to myself. So. No one is. No one is trapping me, it's my fear and insecurity of like leaving the relationship or whatever it might be, or having the courage to communicate, all these things that I needed to learn. And so the relationship we have with ourselves and with our intimate partner, I'm starting to learn, is the most powerful, one of the most powerful things for longevity. Because we're going to, it's going to shape the actions we have, the decisions we make on a daily basis, how we show up, what we eat, the environment, all that stuff. How, what is the, some of the conversations you're having in your relationship about longevity and about, you know, you're entering a new relationship from a different space, a mm. healed space. Mm. Are you having different types of conversations than you never had before? If so, what are they? Yeah, those? I think they're really different. I mean, I think... Uh you know, And are you showing up as your whole self finally? Is that what's- I,
1: I think I'm able to. I think I'm able to be free and independent and still fully connected
0: wow. all the time.
1: So as opposed to feeling dependent or needing- So you're unattached. You're highly engaged, but you have low I'm attachment. fully committed, but not- like, Low attachment, yeah. I'm securely attached, what they say is securely uh-huh. attached, as opposed to being insecurely attached or avoidant. Or, like, there's all these styles of attachment. Sure. But there's a healthy attachment style. A lot of us has, have attachment disorders because we weren't loved well as kids or we you know, we had various kinds of traumas. Yeah. So we have these attachment disorders. Uh, and, and I think I had more of an anxious attachment disorder. Uh, and, and I think that through healing that, I, I'm able to sort of be able to just be present to whatever is and wow. not be in reaction and that's such a powerfully different way whatever it is we're doing um and my partner is also extre- extremely self-aware mm. and extremely talented at communicating that's beautiful and um you know she has her own stuff that she works mm-hmm. through but we do it together as if it's a as if it's a gift that we are able to unpack together really? as opposed to something that's oppositional, mm. like. You have to fix this, you have to do this, you did this, you did that. Like, that's terrible. So we go, oh, here's a trigger. I felt triggered by blah, blah, blah.
0: How do you handle it if, if you're in that, if we go, we, we,
1: we really deeply listen to each other. Yeah. We don't react, and then we, we take it as a third entity that's something for us to take care of together. Wow. As opposed to something, you better fix this or I'm out. You know, like, and it's like, oh, you know. Like today, I was like, I learned from my partner that she doesn't like hosting parties. You know, we're having a party, and I asked her, you know, to help with something, and she was like, I don't like hosting parties. I was like, okay, okay. Uh,
0: now I know. Noted, yeah.
1: but like, it's like I could have reacted and got upset and mad, and, and it's like I kind of told a whole story in my head. It's this, but I'm like, oh, okay, well, she, this is what she needs. She's like, I don't like doing this and that, so like, <laughs> right, why, right. You know, like rather than having to like fix it or figure out why, or I like, it's. She doesn't like chocolate or she doesn't like sure, strawberries sure. or whatever. It's fine. I don't like doing everything either. That's <laughs> you know, beautiful. I don't really, I don't really like, you know, whiskey, but I
0: like tequila. It's fine. Uh-huh. Who cares? <laughs> you know. Do you think you would be able to analytically heal, like just thinking, if you would have just thought about these things versus the the physical releases that you had as well? I think it's
1: somatic. I think yeah. a lot of this is buried in your tissues, you know, the the, the nervous system. Book called the body Keeps score by yeah. trauma. And I think you know, if we, if we don't learn how to somatically release this stuff, it just it, it is an
0: intellectual exercise that doesn't happen. It doesn't work fully. It, it helps, but it's not it's not enough. Wow. I'm curious about the, in terms of the things that will decrease your lifespan at night. We're, you know, a lot of people talk about the morning routines, but I'm curious about the evening routines that yeah. will decrease lifespan. Holy longevity. cow. Well, that's a great question. You know, there's a really amazing book I read years ago called Lights Out. Mm-hmm.
1: And it was a book that, that was looking at the research on the harmful impact of the light bulb on human health. And it, it was pretty convincing in showing that because we're not following the natural rhythms of the sun, we're actually altering our biology in ways that damage our health. Mm-hmm. So when you're exposed to LED nights at light, to fluorescent lights at night, to full spectrum light bulbs at night, incandescent light bulbs. It's not normal for our physiology for 200,000 years. And all of a sudden, the last 100,000 of the last, I mean, the last 100 of the 200,000 years, we're all of a sudden exposed to this light bulb. Our brains don't process it properly. And so we inhibit melatonin, we don't sleep as well. uh, We increase cortisol. Mm -hmm. And there's really crazy studies on how this this can increase obesity, heart disease, cancer, Mm. uh, dementia, and that's just, that's just being exposed to light at night. So now there's this advent of an understanding of how we might block blue light, which is what you need in the morning, right? You wanna be exposed to bright light from the sun the first thing in the morning, 20 minutes with no sunglasses, that's great. But at night, it's not a good idea. Sure. So you, there are now red light um, bulbs that, that, that only have red light and no blue light. There's blue blocker glasses where you can put on glasses at night. And wear those at night around the house. Uh, screens are the worst thing at night. So that's a horrible thing that people do. They go to bed with their phone. They wake up with their phone. It's like they spend more time on their phone than with their partner. When I My nephew's like, look, my screen time is only five hours today. I'm like, five hours? Imagine what you could do with five hours. If you had five hours, right? You could you could make all the food for your week. You could sure. exercise. You could write a book. You could make a song. You could, whatever, you know, every day. And um, and I think we also are, are not, actually winding down. So we go, 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 then hit the bed and expect to sleep. But we can't do that. So Mm. having a routine, and I talk a lot about the power of sleep and and longevity and and the power of sleep in the brain, but we're probably sleeping a couple hours less than we did throughout most of human history. Mm. And some people even less than that. And that has a huge impact on our cognitive function. Especially at night, we we have a brain cleaning system called the glymphatic system, which is like the lymph system for the brain. So it's like the cleanup crew comes at night and cleans up your brain from all the garbage that accumulates from metabolic waste and stuff for the day. Well, you can, you, you if you don't sleep, that's not working. And you get that. If you like go to bed and you yeah. wake up and you don't sleep enough, you feel foggy and tired. If you get a good eight, nine, 10 hours sleep, you wake up and you're like, boom, everything's crystal clear and your brain's working. And I mean, it's, it's not rocket science. So it's not just because you haven't slept, there's a biology what's happening. So you're producing nasty proteins and inflammation and all kinds of stuff. Right. Uh, and also... I think we, you know, are exposed to way too much uh, uh, sound and light and stimulus at night. The temperature regulation is not good. So there's a lot of really cool devices like the Eight Sleep bed, and mm-hmm. you know, um, um, another one I forget the name of it, but uh, Cooler, whatever it is, and yeah. it, and, and basically you, you can put it in your bed and lower the temperature. We do better sleeping at about 65 to 68, 75, 70, 67 degrees, and if we do that, our bodies work better, we sleep better.
0: I know for me, if it's hot, I don't sleep well. I can't sleep well, yeah. Yeah. We put it at 67, 68, yeah. the AC. Yeah. But then it's like your face is like cold, so you have to figure, that's why the cooler, the chili, yeah. Powder yeah, the chili called, pad or whatever it is called, allows pad. Yeah, you yeah.
1: yeah, and that's great. And the eight sleep, you can have one side that's hot for your for your partner and one that's cool for you. Is that you what know? eight sleep does? It's yeah. like cold you, on one side and the other one? You can do whatever you want. It that's can interesting. Progress, you can put on a king size bed, you can... It's divided in half so you can control your half. That's pretty nice. And you can and also you can control it through the night. You want it cooler in the morning, oh. cooler at night, hotter in the middle of the night, whatever. Yeah. That's cool. The best sleep I ever have is when I go camping and I'm like winter
0: camping. Really? I sleep like I just feel like I you know, slept like a wink Because you probably go to bed at like eight o'clock at night Yeah, but you sleep like ten hours. Like, yeah. It's like I You sleep. watch the stars, you have a fire, you like tell some stories, well, this and is what you pass we, out. Exactly. That's what we always
1: did historically, you know. We don't just like work, 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 watch TV, go to bed or be on our phone or mm-hmm. write, write emails to the last minute and text and then go to sleep. It's just our brain, our bodies are not designed for that. So I I, in the book, I talk a lot about evening routines and what you can do and you know the temperature, the sound, the light, uh, hot baths at night, Epsom salt, mm-hmm. uh, meditation, whatever, whatever works for you. Warm
0: bath at night works well too. Oh yeah, hot bath, uh, Epsom salt, brings you right down. Right down, boom. What about um, in the book, you also talk about the seven core biological systems Mm. and how we can use them to stop and reverse biological aging. Yeah. What are some of those? Yeah.
1: So so functional medicine is a very important paradigm shift in healthcare, which looks at the body as an ecosystem, not as a bunch of different separate parts. So as I was talking about earlier, the hallmarks of aging are what scientists are now saying underlies all disease. That's a huge advance. Because instead of like 155,000 diseases, there's like 10 things that go wrong. Mm. And if we fix those 10 things, we get rid of all the rest, wow. right? But then the question comes, what's the cause of those hallmarks of aging? So functional medicine is the medicine of why. Not what disease you have and what drug to give, or even what hallmark is there. But why is there a problem with this particular hallmark? Why are there epigenetic changes? Why are your mitochondria not working? Why are your nutrients not being sensed properly? Why? Are you making zombie cells? Why uh, do you have inflammation? Why do you have damaged proteins? Why do you have you know, stem cells getting pooped out? Like That's the important question, right? So in functional medicine, we think that there are, are really simple answers to these questions. Uh, you're either dying of too much of something that's bugging your system mm-hmm. that you need to get rid of, or too little of something you need for health. What are the ingredients for health that we need to get and help us thrive? Like I said, you know, I took the class on what causes disease, but not what causes health, right? So functional medicine is about the science of creating health. And and in the framework of science uh, science of functional medicine, there are seven biological systems or networks, and it's a network of networks. They're not all separate, right? And these seven systems, again, underlie all disease, and the imbalances in these systems cause disease. And it's either too much of toxins, allergens, bad food stress, microbes, you know, microbiome stuff, and not enough of the right ingredients for uh-huh. health. Right. Nutrition, nutrients, amounts of hormones, light, air, water, sleep, exercise, you know, deep rest, community, meaning, purpose, love, relationships. These are all the ingredients for health, right? When those are too much or too little of those things, it causes disturbances in these seven systems. And what are they? Well, there's your microbiome in your gut. Yeah. There's your immune inflammatory system, we call that defense and repair your energy system, how you make energy in your cells and mitochondria. And by the way, these are also, in a way, some of the hallmarks of aging, right? Right? Sure, 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 yeah. Uh, And then detoxification, which isn't really talked much about in the hallmarks of aging, but it's key because toxins cause a lot of the hallmarks of aging. Mm -hmm. So how how do you detox your body? How do you process your metabolic toxins, environmental toxins? Then your transport system, which is your circulation and lymph system, and then there's communication systems, which is your hormones, and your transmitters, all uh, the nutrient sensing systems, how it all works. And lastly is your structural system, what you're made of. You know, from your subcellular mm-hmm. structures, your mitochondria your cell membranes, all the way to your bones and muscles and everything else. So that that's what we think of. And so my job as a functional medicine doctor is to understand what's causing the imbalance in this particular person. So if you have just because you know the name of the disease does not mean you know what's wrong with you. You could have, you know, 10 people with heart disease or diabetes or Alzheimer's or rheumatoid arthritis, and each of them might have different causes. You know, one person with rheumatoid arthritis might have a gluten sensitivity, another person might have a parasite, another person might have mercury poisoning, another person might have a problem with their microbiome, another person might have some other factor. So it's really about looking at uh, the personalized approach to understanding the root cause of each person's dysfunction. And yes, there are certain ways the body manifests dysfunction, and there's a limited number of ways, right? I would say there's only so many ways your body can say ouch. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a myriad of causes. Mm-hmm. But from this functional medicine perspective, we look at what are the root causes of the hallmarks of aging? How do we get these seven systems in balance and that will fix those hallmarks of aging? Because a lot a lot of scientists now are in the longevity space, and by the way, there's a lot of billions of dollars flowing into this space because a lot of very wealthy billionaires don't want to die. So they're putting billions of dollars in like Jeff Bezos and you know Calico, Musk, from Musk, Google, yeah, and yeah. you know Yuri Milner. All these people are just pouring money in. They want to live longer. I think it's great. I think it's great because the government isn't funding it. They spend like a couple hundred billion dollars a year on aging, studying aging, which is ridiculous. Because that's you know we spend six billion on cancer, and and yet if we cured cancer, we'd have a couple of years life expense. so If we fixed aging, we'd get a hundred. We'd get thirty years. And it's not just about this hedonistic pursuit of living longer and this selfish idea that I don't want to die. It's about Think about a society where you have the value of the wisdom and experience and the knowledge that comes from living a while.
0: Yeah. Now,
1: not everybody gets wiser as they go older, I found that out for sure, but a lot of y'all do. And then any contribution they could make if they're fit and healthy. Now, if they're sick and diseased, it's gonna be a huge drain on society. But the truth is that these studies have shown that if you are taking care of yourself, you live a lot longer, and your health span equals your lifespan. I Meaning, you, you basically don't spend the last 20% of your life decrepit and diseased, which is what is average now. So, let's say you live lived to be 80 the last, you know, let's say 20 years of your life, you're on the downhill. Whereas with the studies on health span, if you, and this was one by James Fries, I talked about in the book, it was published years ago in the New England Journal of Medicine. They basically looked at three habits keep your ideal body weight, don't smoke and exercise, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Not, not a ton of stuff, right? And they found that when people did that, they not only lived longer, but they died quickly, painlessly, and cheaply. Really? And didn't cost a lot to the healthcare system. Wow. Whereas people who didn't do those things died earlier, but died long, painful, expensive deaths.
0: Mm-hmm. So three things, I, keep the ideal body weight, don't smoke, and exercise. And exercise. <laughs> and you'll die better. Exactly. So, you know, I want
1: to have my health span equal my lifespan. I want to be able to go for a hike on my last day of my life at 120,
0: like you said, at the beginning, That's amazing. you know, make love and go to bed and that's it. And then just don't wake up. Say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. like, that's amazing. And do people do that in the blue zones? Do you see that they're, they're maybe it's they like do. they have they one really week. Have, where they
1: yeah, it's very, it's very interesting. I mean, my friend, uh, Jeff Blaine is the father of functional medicine tells the story of his grandfather, who was, I think, almost a hundred and they had a big Thanksgiving dinner. Everybody was here, happy. He's like, "Hey, everybody, it's been a great life. I love you all. This is it. I'm gonna go." And he like went to bed and like after a great dinner and walked to bed and went to sleep and never woke up. Come on,
0: <laughs> he was happy and everything was good. Great, yeah. I think he didn't You're wake like. I'm up. done. I'm done. No way. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've heard this story many times. Come on. Yeah. I've heard this story many times. Really. Yeah. That's incredible. He was he was healthy though. He was. Fine, I mean, he yeah, wasn't healthy enough. I mean, he was. He seemed healthy. Like
1: I mean, you know, he was able to get up from the table and do his things and hang out with his family and, and he was
0: like, "Thank you for the last great dinner." And yeah, see pretty buddy. much. That's incredible.
1: <laughs> so yeah, your health span can equal your lifespan. That's what the point of this book is. If you keep working on your biological age through the all the strategies and the tools and very practical application of the science in the book, Young Forever, you can increase your. Healthspan, you can reverse your biological age and we know how to do this. Mm-hmm. It's not hard. Yeah.
0: What do you think is something that you're gonna learn in this next decade? You know, you've learned so much in the last Decade with all the new research and science and studies that have come along in the last decade now going in From 60s into you know for decade from now to your 70s. What do you think is gonna happen for you? Personally? Yeah, or in science and medicine both. I mean,
1: I think, you know, know it's the most exciting time right now in medicine science because even as we're all getting sicker and dying younger and life expectancy is going down in America, the acceleration and pace of scientific advances and the convergence of a number of different phenomena from uh, systems biology to artificial intelligence to the genomic revolution to functional medicine, systems biology, to big data computing is just blowing up how we're going to be understanding the body. So imagine a future where You'll be able to get a panel of lab tests, put your body through a whole body MRI, sequence your entire genome, your microbiome, mm-hmm. have a bio and sensor implanted that will track everything in real time over thousands of biomarkers and give you feedback in real time about exactly what you should do, how much you should sleep, what you should tweak, what you should eat, what you shouldn't eat. Like it would be so mind blowing to completely keep track of everything all the time. Like your computer has billions of sensors, right? And if your tires are low, oh God, my tire is low on the left back tire. Mm -hmm. Like how great is that? We don't have that, right? You go to your doctor, you get a checkup, he does your exam and checks a panel of blood tests, it hasn't changed in 100 years. You know, like, it's like, go on. You know, like we we are in a a very different era of medicine and it's happening at such a pace. So the clinical practice of medicine today is not that, but it's coming very fast. So I'm excited about that. I think I'm gonna learn a lot about more about how the body works through mm-hmm. the use of uh, these big data analytics and artificial intelligence and machine learning applied to literally gigabytes and gigabytes of your own personal health data, which we're soon to be able to access. It'll be in the cloud. Sure. And you'll be able to, act, you know, to sort of learn so much from it and compare it to others. And so I think that's really exciting. Uh, on a personal level, you know, I'm sort of excited about continuing to experiment with my own biological age and, and my own well being and my own health and my own spiritual growth and to feel like I'm just beginning. Like, I honestly feel like I'm 20 again. Wow! I feel like you know, when you're 20, you go, God, what am I going to be when I grow up? What am I going to do? And really? Kind of, yeah. Because I kind of check the boxes. You know, I had my family, had my kids. You know, have meaning and purpose, have a great relationship. I'm Your like career, the, career yeah. is good. I'm like, I don't have any more mountains to climb in the way of proving anything. And yet, I, I, I have the health and the vitality and the resources to actually reimagine the rest of my life, the next wow. 60 years, right? It's what do the next 60 years look like? What do I want to do? Where do I want to go? What do I want to be? So, like, I'm getting better at surfing. I'm going to go heli-skiing this year. I'm going to go, you know, we're going to go climbing the mountains in South America and Patagonia. I'm going to, you know, just, I, I, I just do whatever I want to do. It's amazing. You know, but the truth is, and I'm 63, and, and I think back when I was a kid, man, 63 was freaking old. You know, 63, Heck yeah. they, they weren't doing so good, the pot wow. bellies and the gray hair and the puffy face pain i'm like i'm like no way like i'm like it just doesn't have to be that way you know and uh, uh you know i i had friends over in hawaii visiting me last year and you know, i was riding my bike every day working out and you know i had like 30 year old friends i'm like let's go for a bike ride, like okay and like and these are not people who are out of shape or overweight or unhealthy these are really healthy people one of them was like a you know Uh, Like a a college, you know, college D one soccer player, Uh you know, (laughs) and and I'm riding my hill straight up seven miles up the hill, and she's like, come on, (laughs) come on, and I'm like, you know, and and one of them had to turn back, and I'm like, wow, you know, it's amazing to see that if you learn the science of how to create health, that you can continue to involve and improve
0: and optimize your health at any Mm -hmm. age. That's beautiful, man. It's exciting. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna turn forty next year. Oh wow! if you could go back to your 40 year old self and give me advice for three things to focus on from 40 until 60 what would those three things be that you would tell me or tell your younger 40 year old self that you wish you would have done
1: i would say really 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 invite play and joy in your life Mm -hmm. you know don't wait you know uh uh, I'm reading this book called "Die with Zero, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a great, a great book meditating on the idea that you know we, we save our money and we squirrel our nuts away and we don't have all these experiences. And you know, in my life, I haven't done a lot of stuff. You know, I have one house, my car is five years old, I paid for it. Uh-huh. It's a little Volvo. I'm mean, like, I don't have a lot of stuff, you know. Um, but I love experiences, so I will spend money on experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll go on safari or I'll go. You know, learn how to surf in Costa Rica for a month, or I'll, you know, go go to do some you know incredible backcountry skiing experience with friends, or I'll I'll invite a, you know I'm inviting like thirty of my closest friends to Italy to go in a villa That's for a incredible. week and you know have all kinds of you know it's fun amazing. experiences together. So, experience is really what matters and what brings the joy to life. So, building relationships, building connections, building community, mm-hmm. it's so central to health and well-being in life. And oh. I did that, but I, I definitely worked too hard. I definitely did not. Give myself enough time for that. The second thing is um I probably would have started working out sooner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean I always did uh bike riding and tennis and yoga and I just I was like I gyms are stinky, I don't like weights. If I do 10 push-ups, it hurts the next day. I don't like this. So <laughs> when I was 50, I couldn't do 10 push-ups. Wow. And now I can drop and do 80 without a stop. Incredible. Yeah. So it's it's like like you know it took me a minute, but I I actually didn't think maybe that long. And I use the Tom Brady uh, TB12 sports Uh training bands, which is Mm -hmm. a lot easier on the body. And it's amazing. So I feel we, you know, I would have probably uh, doubled down on that a little earlier. I think um, I also would have probably done um, uh, uh, more work on my own, um, on my own trauma that I couldn't really identify then I think so we didn't have the language for it. There wasn't yeah. it wasn't in the zeitgeist like it is now. There weren't people talking about it. The subworld of psychedelics wasn't really, you know, a thing. So I think I think there's a, a bunch of stuff that I probably would have done around that. I think um, I've always eaten healthy, I've always, you know, done well. I think the other thing I I, I definitely did that uh, and you can see from the picture that I was, you know, a vegetarian vegan and I was kind of Thin, but mm. but I had no muscle. Right, right. You know, <laughs> and I was act like I could run five miles. I could ride my bike a hundred miles. Wow. I wasn't unfit, but I, I just strong. I didn't have the kind of muscle mass right. that I think is so essential to longevity. Yeah. So the sooner you start building muscle, the better off you are. Mm. It's really a key part of longevity.
0: Yeah. This is beautiful, Mark. I appreciate you. Your book, Young Forever: The Secrets to Living Your Longest, Healthiest Life. Uh, you guys can get this. It's got a step-by-step program. And by the way, the book's not all about relationships and trauma, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> it's not about that, but I think it's an important component. It's, it definitely it. includes that. And I yeah. love how, you know, I've got a I've got a book coming out as well after yours called The Greatness Mindset. And the first section of it is about healing. Yeah. I think it's really, you know, for me, learning the lessons of healing and how it's set me free as well. Mm. I feel like now I can go much higher in every area of life totally. with that. was before it was like this... Uh, it was like yeah. grinding it to get yeah. there, you know, yeah. and it was harder. Yeah. So I think it's all about our beliefs and our healing and the mindset of it first, about longevity and about relationships totally. and life totally. and everything. Yeah. You look, you look brighter and happier and younger than I see. I you feel good, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've been a little tired. I was on a trip, but yeah, I feel good in general. But um, yeah, it's good to be alive, man. It's good to be Every alive. Every day, I'm grateful. There's yeah. So much joy, mm. peace, love, affection. You know, freedom it feels yeah. incredible.
1: I think it's also the also key is like living in the moment, like yes. as much as possible. Whatever you're experiencing, it, you know, whatever you're doing, be in it, uh, because we live so much of our life distracted and disconnected. And so whether you're, you know, washing the dishes or making love or, mm-hmm. you know, working or climbing a mountain, like do that thing. Yeah. You know.
0: Absolutely. Um, I want people to get your book. Uh, Young Forever, make sure you guys pick up a copy. Where can we go to support Everywhere. you for it?
1: Everywhere, go to uh, youngforeverbook.com. If you wanna learn more and get goodies, come along with the book. Uh, go to Dr. Mark Hyman's social media, drhyman.com. Any
0: bookstore, online, offline, you can get the book. It's exciting, we're gonna throw up a photo as well. You have to send me that photo of you 40 to <laughs> no, now. No. We'll put it up on screen for you guys to see no. the process of this, but this is amazing. No. Make sure you guys get a copy for your friends as well. Powerful book, powerful information. Um, I want to acknowledge you, Mark, for your transformation. It's incredible because I think healing is one of the hardest things to do, mm-hmm. especially you know, healing the, the wounds of our past, the inner child wound, whatever you want to call it. But especially as men, I feel like it's hard, harder for us to go back and address the things that we're most ashamed of or afraid of or insecure of or guilty around or All whatever right. it might be totally. and start doing the work. So for you to do that in your early 60s, is really inspiring. <laughs> well, I'm a little slow, <laughs> but it's inspiring to see that it doesn't matter what age you are. You no, can, it's true. You can go back, you can revisit, and you mm. can start the healing process in the it's journey. True. It's it true. It doesn't mean you're a perfect human being. And I'm sure you're going to have, you know, no. challenges and flaws and things like this totally. in the future. But to do that work and give yourself more healing energy yeah. for a longer life and a totally. happier life. It's a beautiful thing. So I acknowledge you for that, my friend, it's inspiring. Thank you Uh, you for the wisdom for what I need to do when I hit 40, it's really doing it right now, but (laughs) from 40 to 60, Um, where are you spending the most time on social media these days? And how else can we be of service to you besides getting the book? You know, I
1: I have a great team and uh, we put out tons of content that's Mm -hmm. free about how to upgrade your life and your biological software. Uh, so I think you know Instagram and the podcast, podcast, and... Doctor's Pharmacy podcast I have, uh, which is you know always up there with yours, back and forth. <laughs> 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 so it's great to see you up there. Yeah. So it's uh, I think that's a, a really beautiful form for exploring ideas in depth, like you do on the podcast here. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's a it's a it's for me it's a labor of love because mm-hmm. I, I don't find it work. to sit right. with extraordinary people and learn things that I want to learn and hear you know things that expand my mind
0: and, mm-hmm. and in my heart and it's, just, it's like I've, i its the best job in the world it's <laughs> amazing right it's so much fun i love it well um, final question what's your definition of greatness my definition
1: of greatness is freedom uh-huh. if you can be free physically spiritually emotionally in your community if you can have a free mind um mm. you know it's like that bob marley song you know uh i can't remember the exact line i'm bad with lyrics but it's like only only uh only ourselves can free our minds you know mm-hmm. and it's it's like we we have to free our minds to free and lock unlock all this stuff absolutely what i'm telling you is not hard i mean the, the, the there's some things that are really easily and inexpensive and great to do there's something a little more you know advanced but but these things are not difficult and it's Step by step, and you can follow it. Yeah. But if your mind's locked up, you're not going to be able to do it.
0: Sure. Right? You're going to want sure. that donut. <laughs> exactly, man. It's my challenge. Um, actually, I have one more question for you since uh, I've asked you this before, but I feel like you're in a, in a new space in your life with mm. the healing process you've been in. So um, it's the three truths question. If, imagine it's your last day on Earth. You live 120. Maybe 150. I'm,
1: I'm not 150. sure. I'm, I'm not sure. You live exactly however you want
0: to live. You live that long. You have the Thanksgiving dinner with all your friends <laughs> and then you go to sleep and that's your last day. Yeah, yeah. But for whatever reason, you got to take all the work you've done with you or it goes somewhere else. All yeah. your books, your podcast, everything mm-hmm. you've created for whatever mm-hmm. reason that's gone. Mm-hmm. But you get to leave three lessons behind to that table of people and to the world. What would those three truths be for you?
1: That's a beautiful question. Uh, I think I think
0: the,
1: the first one is um, you know, Learn how to love yourself mm-hmm. and to love others really well. I think it, it's, it seems like it should be obvious and easy thing to do, but it's not. Most of us have lack of self-worth and self-love. Most of us struggle to fully be present and love others. So I think that's, that's really the core of life. I think the, the second thing is um, don't wait to do what you want to do in life. Just, just go for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, whatever brings you joy, Find those things and follow them, because that will not only make you live longer, but actually make your life way mm-hmm. better. Uh, and the third is um, kind of work on understanding the owner's manual for your body, because it's the it's the chassis that you carry around with you to be able to do all the rest of it. Yeah. So you can't love, you can't serve, you can't do all the things you want to do unless you understand how to care for this human frame that we were all gifted, mm-hmm. that has the capacity to have ecstatic, extraordinary experiences, wow. but only if we take care of it. If we're in a yeah. fog from eating crap and sitting around watching TV and mind-numbingly scrolling on social media or binge watching Netflix, like we're not gonna be living the full human experience. Right, right. So learn, learn how to elevate your biological software, which is really why I wrote the book, Young Forever to help people get a roadmap and a very practical step-by-step guide to activating all of their Mm. ancient healing systems, their longevity switches, and being able to have the opportunity to be a
0: contribution to the world. Mm. Mark, appreciate you, my man. Thank you so much, powerful.